Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome Richard Herring. Hello, welcome to the show. Uh, it's Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahelastapa. Uh, there's some cool kids in. I think some uncool kids have started calling it that. I have to think of something else for the cool kids to do. Um, I'm very excited today. We've got we're going to do two podcasts today. Um, if you're listening at home, uh, one of them might be out in a couple of weeks. Uh, but the first one, uh, we've got uh, someone who's going on to do another show later on, so I'm not going to faff around too much. Um, I usually do a bit of stand-up at the start. I've got fed up of writing stand-up. It's kind of hard work. Um, I've been doing stand-up for 25 years. Um, it's quite difficult. Uh, and it seems to me that people... I, don't know, I haven't done that well. <laughs> I'm here... <laughs> Not even full theatre, and maybe most people have come to see other people. And it seems the most successful stand-up comedians just remember stuff. That's just that's all they do. They just go, "Do you remember stuff? Do you do you remember stuff?" I I can remember some stuff. So I'm going to try and remember. So the problem is the stuff I remember is never the stuff that pe- other people remember. It's harder than it looks. Peter Kay is, deserves the, all the money he gets. For, you think it's easy coming on stage just singing the theme tune to a children's television show. It's not. It's hard. Because I choose the wrong ones. Like, alias the jester was a... Joining a few other words was a space traveller bold by... See? <laughs> Who remembers that? Who remembers this one? <laughs> There's one person who remembers because my friend's in tonight. Uh, but uh, come gather around me, space travellers surround me, I'll tell you a story of... <laughs> Rocket Robin Hood, isn't it? See, the problem is it's hard to... You have to choose something that people think they've forgotten, but they haven't actually forgotten. That is, that's the skill. I... <laughs> I've chosen something that I, people have just forgotten or just didn't even know what happened. And it can't just be going, well, it's easy. I'll just choose something that everyone knows. Let's see, I'll do a bit now. Do you remember 9-11? Do you remember when those two planes flew into that? What was that all about? Who came up with that idea? I fly some planes into buildings. So you've got to remember 
It's harder to do. It's like Peter Kay is like the family fortunes of observational comedy, and I'm the pointless of observational comedy. That is why I'm best. But anyway, we, I don't think there'll be much observational remembering. Do you remember stuff? What do you remember? Hard, isn't it? See, it's harder than you think it'd be. Think, do you remember when I came on through the curtains? Do you remember? It's just a couple of minutes. Do you really not? Do you remember anything? Because, see, I just... If you don't remember anything, I can just keep on doing the same lines over and over again. Anyway, look, we're going to get on. It'll take me a while to get into this. I've forgotten. Haven't been on stage for a while. And uh, just relax. It'll be fine. I've forgotten how to do stand-up. But luckily, we've got some very funny people coming on. Uh, and we are my guest tonight. Uh, you may know him from Twitter. <laughs> Uh, you've seen his green pants it's kind of slightly disconcerting because I've actually met him in real life and he has a head and that is he, he isn't wearing swimming trunks and that's all I've got is his avatar before so will you please he's going on to do another gig so I should shut up and we'll get him on will you please welcome ladies and gentlemen Rob Delaney here he is he's a very handsome man look at his handsome face hello come on in how are you doing very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Hello, That's, everybody. Do you, do you remember stuff? Because it's harder for you to remember stuff. I don't stuff remember cause... much. No. Uh, I was just thinking, you mentioned 9-11. Yeah, you remember And I was that. thinking, it's a huge holiday in the United States <laughs> every year. Lots of celebrations. People see who can get sadder, harder. And uh, I was just thinking, yeah, the other day, it would be fun. Do you remember earlier when I was thinking, no, so that <laughs> that they should like grade, be like, the eighth anniversary of 9-11 was pretty good. Lots of balloons and things. The ninth, meh, but then the 10th jubilee that was good stuff because the people i mean it's like a contest to see how weird you can get about remembering it in the united states i don't i don't approve it is it is it's an odd it's an odd thing so um you've you've cut you've flown over topical today yeah I, yeah uh, oh yeah i landed a couple hours ago yeah yeah you, can, you literally just come into and uh, yeah truly, i feel more jet lagged than you do probably uh, is the is the truth that's entirely possible <laughs> and you're doing like a run of shows in uh, the soho theater and the bluesby theater all sold out uh, yeah, yeah, doing a week of shows at the Soho Theatre and uh, a couple at the Bloomsbury. And I think they just released some tickets for Bloomsbury if anybody okay. wants to go. Okay, who wants to go? <laughs> Hooray! Go and buy those quickly. Uh, so uh, you, you did come to prominence. I mean, I, I saw it's weird because you've sort of trickled into people's consciousness, I guess, uh, through Twitter. In the, right when I, you yep. kept on getting retweeted, and I kind of thought, do I know this guy? Is he like a comedian? Rob, because there's a comedian called Gary Delaney in the UK, you may be aware of. I'm hanging out with him while yeah. I'm here, oh, for yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, all the Delaney's hang together. Yeah, I mean, I've never met him, but we just thought that we should. So. Are you related? You don't look very similar. <laughs> I don't I think, uh, probably not. There's a no. lot of Delaney. If you go to Ireland and look in the phone book, it's just called Delaney. Yeah. It's just littered with them. <laughs> Shitty, terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> real um, garbage. <laughs> So, were you, you were, what were you doing before Twitter? Were you working as a stand-up before Twitter in in America? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was doing stand-up, pursuing all the you know classical avenues of of trying to uh, make it and get hired as a TV writer. And so I was doing stand-up everywhere, all over the country. Just nobody cared. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, after Twitter rolled around, and I realized, hey, I really enjoy writing these short jokes. Because previously, you know, my stand-up is not short jokes. It's long stories, and it's just a disaster. It's like a train wreck. And, uh, <laughs> and then I started doing these short jokes, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And yeah. then based on that... So I, as much as I love Twitter, I'm very happy that I can use it to sell tickets on the road, for example, and, you know, perform at the Soho Theater tonight. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I won't repeat what I just said in a different way. That's the thought. <laughs> People do that. They say a thing, and then they're like, why don't I say it again? And then I'll approach it from this angle. Maybe by the fourth time of saying the exact same thing, you'll have understood me. But it's, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Oh, no, it hasn't worked for me. I've been on Twitter for as long as you have, and it hasn't worked for me. I'm not very good with these one I don't know, I, I, if I may. Uh, the first time that uh, when I became aware of you on Twitter was uh, right after the Chilean miners had gotten rescued, and then like it was like 20 minutes after you were like, all right, guys, let's get back to work. And uh, <laughs> that uh, really filled my heart with gladness. <laughs> it is, well, it's, a fun, it's a very fun way to react to things that are happening yes. in, the, in the now. Oh, my guest in the last year is Stuart Lee, who I don't know if, you, I don't know if he's made it to America. Uh, I'm assuming. I'm pretty savvy, so. I'm, I'm assuming he not. Is. He doesn't like Twitter at all. He hates Twitter. 
that's okay. It's okay to hate it. It's okay to not use it. It's okay to just say, I had a burrito. You can do that. It's not wrong. I hate you if you use it that way, but it's okay to do it that way. But it is interesting because you are doing something very different. So it is, you know, I think Stu feels that um, you, you, you can only do jokes if they go on for half an hour and repeat the same thing over and over. But um, I think that's what he feels. But you're allowed to do different types of jokes, right? You're allowed to do short ones if you like. But I watched your uh, your da- download. I downloaded your show last night. Five pounds. Thank you. Five dollars. Five dollars. Yeah. Even so cheaper. it's like three pounds. We don't even have dollars here. That's the joke on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be useless when he gets that money through. So I got it for free. Um, I watched. It. I quite enjoyed it. I, I, can I give you some constructive criticism? Please do. Um, so I've been doing. I've been doing stand up for a long time. And you mm-hmm. saw at the start when I did the ninth. Remember how good I was. Um, it was good. I think it could have been better, though. I agree. Like what you could have done. Did you think about putting a Shrek in it? Because that would have... <laughs> if you'd had a Shrek in it... That w- that's a really good idea. Yeah, that's the next time. Yeah. Or you could just put one in, animate After one effect, in. After effect, yeah. That's a good idea. I should re-release it. <laughs> yeah. With, an, with a Shrek in it. Yeah. Not the Shrek, just a Shrek. A Shrek. Yeah. Different Shrek. It's just people like Shrek. No, they really do. They're, it's, it's my, yeah, they're terribly popular. I think that's because some people are going to watch it. And go, I don't really like jokes about gaping anuses. You... But, I, but I love Shrek. But if you plug and it so up with a Shrek, there's a Shrek. If there's a Shrek just at the side, don't yeah. do the dance. That would distract you from Shreking about. It's just my, it's my idea. Put Shrek in it. Yeah. No, that's a very good idea. Thank you give that a try so it is I did enjoy the bit that, that, I, I do agree with you about the gaping anuses in, um, in porn oh yes 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 bit? yes yes. what he's talking about is there's a thing where I say like my I think I might be talking about my browser history you know how some people are like oh if the FBI saw my browser history they'd throw me away and mine they wouldn't they'd be like Jesus he's boring because the porn that I look at is like chubby girls with hairy bushes and saggy tits riding a bicycle going like hi so that's it is like I don't even like it where they're like fucking I like just like women being like hey you I, you shouldn't be looking at me like that's that's the dirtiest stuff that I look at. So I hate that when you try to go on a website to look at porn, it's you turn you, you log on and you're like porn and it's a big gaping butthole immediately. And I don't want to see a butthole. They're quite obsessed with it. I mean, you know, an anal sex is a wonderful little treat, an occasional treat. But I just sometimes I watch. Sometimes I don't really watch porn very much. Yeah, I'm, uh, no more than two times, two hours a day. <laughs> And, uh, but it's just straight in. You just, just sometimes go, just give her a kiss first. Yeah, exactly. Just give at least a little kiss. Yeah. I like when there's a bit of a story to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the bit I'm interested in. Then they get into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I don't like it as much. Yeah, once they really get into it, I'm like, no, oh, that's enough. Yeah. Right, soon. Get right. to the end. Yeah. I like the bit at the end. <laughs> It's, like a but it's always the same thing. It's always the same, and they will just like a bit of variety. Yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah. come on a foot. And yeah, yeah. It's like just something. No, that I do like. Coming on the feet, I do like. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting because I think um, well, in the, the UK, there's been quite a lot of um, talk recently in, in Edinburgh this year about um, misogynist humour and mm-hmm. humour about rape and stuff. Whereas there is, you do certainly touch upon those subjects, but it, I think it's from a, a very sort of feminist. Or anyway, it's hard to pin down. You're a hard man to pin down. Because well, you're, uh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. and I do. I have sort of a kind of philosophy, which is that if it's funny to a group of men, but it isn't funny to a group of women, then I don't think it's funny. I like to be very filthy, but in an egalitarian manner, where yeah. everybody can be like, "I like that," or "I hate that." Either one, I just want them. I want a man and woman to be united in the way they feel. Uh, so I don't. Yeah, I, I don't find humor in going like. To women's souls uh, or bodies, that's not funny to me. Uh, I enjoy filth and garbage and, and ferocity and anger and things like that, but not not that kind. But it's about you know it's about loving women for what they are, I guess, rather than you know. I mean, it's, it's more honest, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I feel you know like the you know we have like the military industrial complex, but then there's also like the beauty industry where people now they're trying to make women feel bad about their armpit contours and stuff, and you need a cream to fill in the wedges for when you go like that, and you can see 
And it's awful. Or burn or melt all the hair off her. But it's so stupid. So I do try to combat that in my own silly way yes. by helping people appreciate their bodies. Because I'm like, look at me appreciating your body. Don't <laughs> see? You're, you're enough the way that you are. Well, I guess it's, I guess it's not preachy in that sense. Sometimes you get into these subjects. Yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. feeling like, this guy is really trying to preach to me about feminism here. Uh, uh, so it's not that. But then you do do a joke about uh, uh, that black women should be allowed to rape you, which I feel has an ulterior right. motive. No, you should be able to rape, rape white men. Because yeah. I'm talking, there's a wonderful book called Beloved by Toni Morrison, and I talk <laughs> about, you know, I read it, and it was just helpful for me to kind of understand the really the horrors that white men perpetrated on black women. So I talk about affirmative action, which, if you, uh, do people know what that is? Affirmative, okay. Or reparations. Well, patronize us. Yeah. No, not. Yeah. So <laughs> we're in England, we still know about things. Well, okay, I just, I mean, well, I feel like as, as terrible a place as England surely is, it didn't, it's slavery, human slavery wasn't a big a part of an economy as recently as it was of ours. So, um, uh, so what I'm saying is, is that I think that reparations don't go far enough. You know, affirmative action doesn't go far enough. So that if that today in today's day and age, if a black woman wants to hit me on the head with an axe handle and rape me to help repair history, then go ahead. I think that she deserves that. You yeah. know, I'm not saying she has to, but if she wants to, you know where to find me. <laughs> See, it's kind of morally cloudy, but it's. I'm not interested in things that aren't morally no, cloudy. No, of course. But it's, but it's possible. I think the point I'm trying to make is it's possible to joke about this. I, I, I always I feel a bit uneasy when someone goes, you mustn't joke about that subject at all. It, well, and then, the and then there are jokes in every... There are jokes yeah, there in every is. Sub- and, like, and that's quite... That's two big subjects together. I think so. I hate slavery, and I hate rape. And I also <laughs> think that humor is a really great weapon to fight things that we hate. So there's yeah. no such thing as a subject that's taboo. It's how what's in your heart while you're talking about it. What's your volition? Why do we do things? That's very important to me. And if you approach it from, like, a good point of view, then you can talk about anything. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, 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 it's worth uh, downloading if you want to. I think it's, uh, it's an interesting. Well, Louis C.K.'s done it as, mm-hmm. as well with this kind of five dollar download. Trust people not to sell it to all their friends. Yeah, yeah, he did um, it, and a few other guys did it, and so it seems to be a model that worked. So I thought, you know, if I can use Twitter to sell tickets on the road, why not try to do it with a special? Because I do this. I do this podcast, and then I give that out. But if it's free, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just start to edge it up, you know? Yeah, just, I mean, everybody here is addicted. You can see the yeah. looks in their eyes. These people are a disaster. So they they can't quit you, so you just dial it up a little That's bit, you know? It's well, a, they pay. The people, it's a weird, the people oh, here have paid oh, to come and see this. Yeah, the idiots, on. they could have listened to it for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All they've got so far is you... The, 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 so these people are the hard... Well, here's the thing. It means these people are hardcore addicts. They'll yeah. be dead within the month. Yeah. So you need to find a new crop that you can push your wares to. Yeah. The only extra thing they've got is knowing what he meant by the armpit thing, really, which I think you could visualise at home anyway. <laughs> I, uh, I, read, I was re- enjoying reading about you in The Guardian. You did an interview with The Guardian, and what's quite good fun um, is to read the comments that people have put underneath the... Uh, the in the bottom half of the internet, oh, wow. you're not supposed I to read. I didn't know. Maybe I only looked at it on my phone. I don't think that I saw a comment. No, you can't get I'd it on the phone. to hear some. You can't get it on the phone. <laughs> I really enjoy... Because I think this says a lot more about the person. I think this is a brilliant... Um, Quote, jokes about diapers, vaginas, and farts are funny, question mark. <laughs> Someone shoot me through the head right here, right now. I don't want to live in a world like this. <laughs> I want that to be real. <laughs> it's real. Yes! That's, that's a real thing. Someone, if that's what's upset real. them in the world if that's is real. you joking about... A, it implies they want the diapers, vaginas and farts to be taken deadly seriously at all times. So if you're changing your son's nappy, you must not find any humour in it. Or that would be a terrible thing. B, that's, the wor- that's what you're going to kill your son. In the- <laughs> you know, it's not in the world, it's not terrorism, it's not child abuse, not the genital mutilation. It's someone joking about a fart has made that person... <laughs> Well, they can't. They're not, they're not brave enough to kill themselves. They want someone else to shoot shoot me through the head. This is a watershed moment for me. If that's a real comment, then I yeah. literally like you're watching me realize. Oh, I can do comedy for the rest of my life. <laughs> like that, I have fuel now for another five who years. Could think, who could think that jokes about farts aren't funny? Who could? Who, who could say? I mean, some of them aren't. Look, that one's not. That's not that funny. But uh, there's some great jokes about farts. There's a good one in. Uh, 
in Ted, which I was surprised I enjoyed. Have you seen the film Ted? About I the have Ted not. Movie? I was surprised I enjoyed this as much, but there was a bit, or maybe I've got it, I think I've got the right one. He farts, and then they waft it over, and there are some businessmen in the, <laughs> the fart goes to businessmen, and they go, We're here, I'm in business! <laughs> they, get, they, get, they get very angry about it. Are you sure that wasn't a Ted talk online? I keep on reading things on Twitter because I follow two very different kinds of people, and then I go, Oh, they're talking about Ted. Oh, no, yeah. they're talking about a different Ted. <laughs> and I thought, um, I, um, have you ever, did you ever have sex with any of your teachers at school? <laughs> No, I, I never did. I had teachers no. that I would have liked to. Yeah, I had sex. Cool. With, I had sex with a teacher's daughter. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, I did my junior year of college in France, and uh, I—that's the third year of university—is what I'm saying. And uh, I, I had a teacher. I wanted to learn French really well, so I'd go after to school every day and try to get extra help. And she was like, "I've had enough of you. This is my daughter, and uh, <laughs> and you teach her English, she'll teach you French." And I saw her, and I was like, "Okay." All right. <laughs> And then we dated for a little while. Yeah. That, but that's it. I would like to have had sex with her, too, but she's yeah. dead. She's dead. <laughs> <laughs> In England, there's been a case where a, a teacher has uh, eloped with... The, they've, been, they've been found now, but he eloped with a 15-year-old pupil. Shouldn't do that. <laughs> he was married as well. He'd been married for only for a year. I, I thought he was going to get into trouble with his wife when he... Uh. When he got, I thought that probably the, it would take him quite a long time before he can suggest to his wife that she dresses up like a schoolgirl. That is, that's what, that's what. That'd be a really hard thing to approach. You'd have to wait a long time. Yeah. Then he might go, well, you found, oh, I'd forgotten about that thing I did. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, it's nothing to do with that. But it's kind of a, it is a sort of, again, it's one of these horrible, it is an awful, awful wrong thing. But I'd quite like to have had sex with some of my teachers at school. I think oh, I could yeah. have coped with it. Mrs. Ducamp I would have liked to have sex with. In fact, if she'd, wanted to, but if she'd wanted to take me away to France, I don't think she would have lasted four days with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been quite... She'd be quite... I mean, that's what's odd. If you're, if you're, hanging, if you're teaching 15-year-old kids, you've got to hang yeah. around with 15-year-old kids quite a lot. Yeah. You'd think, at the end of the day, you go, thank fuck, I get to go home oh, yeah. and not be with 15-year-old kids. You wouldn't want to then take one away and be stuck in a cottage with her in France. <laughs> I'm of the thing where, like, I, not only should you not be able to have sex with people under the age of 18 for a variety of reasons, I also think you should be able to allow to have sex with people who weigh more than 100 pounds less than you. <laughs> I think that once you're 45, you shouldn't be able to have sex with people under 35. I think there should be way more restrictions on who you're allowed to have sex with. I'm not allowed to have sex with my wife uh, for two reasons. Yeah. <laughs> We've been married for six months, we don't really have sex anymore, anyway. Uh, yeah, you're right, that is unfair. She personally is distressed. <laughs> That's my wife. Hello. How are you doing? You can be my new wife. Uh, I have a rule. I, you know, I love my wife and I obviously want to remain faithful to her, but I have a rule that when I'm doing a podcast, I'm allowed to have sex with anyone yeah, during, during the podcast. Yeah. You yeah. can join in with that if you want. I so f- so far, I mean, not yeah, yeah. Well, not necessarily the two of us. <laughs> I'll come I'm open-minded. <laughs> <laughs> I've got very little feet. You've got, you've got a huge, massive, yeah. you're very uh, intimidating present. <laughs> um, so I also learned in the Guardian article that um, mm-hmm. so I've done research. I've properly researched. This is pretty much... I've, I've watched this fucking show. That's... That cost me five dollars, uh, and uh, I read a Guardian article about you and Wikipedia. I got confused because there's uh, a baseball, baseball player. player. I, I gonna... feel so bad for him. Uh, <laughs> I really do, guy, because I love baseball and the idea that some poor young pitcher and he's like very good. Uh, and I just feel that people are going to be like, hey, "You're a comedian." <laughs> and be like, he, no, uh, I'm, I work hard at what I do, and I care about America. He's. Uh, I don't really know. I don't know much about baseball, but what I was interested in the other Rob Delaney is that he pitches with one hand and bats with the other hand. He's a lefty batter and a. Do you not know this? I did not. I was going to. I thought I'd start. Oh my God, so I was just... going to start by asking you that, and I thought a probably you get it all the time, and b no one would understand what the fuck I was talking yeah. about. So I'm glad I didn't start with it because look, I was right. Yeah, vindicated. Do you remember 9/11? <laughs> yeah, it was good. What's going on? What was that about? That's <laughs> um, all you have to do. Um, but uh, you did. You, uh, well, you you became a comedian. You were. What did you do? You didn't say what you were. You did a, had a proper job before you were a comedian in a, a skyscraper. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I worked. I worked in advertising because I was in a car accident like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. And in the United States, if you get sick or or have an accident, they just they kill you. And so I didn't want. So I had to get health insurance to pay for all the surgeries and things that I had after this uh, car accident. So I wound up getting a job in advertising, and uh, I hated it a lot. But I would like fail upward, you know, or other people would quit or commit suicide. So then I'd get their job, and so. Uh, <laughs> I was I was had some measure of success all the while doing stand up at night until yeah then you know five years ago I just quit all that and I dove into <laughs> abject poverty and uh, then I'm slowly pulling out of it yeah I suppose, so what did the the car crash you, you break yeah. all your arms and legs I broke my arms I didn't bring my legs no, they were damaged uh, but they were not broken but they were uh, I did have to wear leg stabilizers for a while so that my knees could just have a break from bending is that like little wheels sort of it's, yeah. it's like a big velcro sock oh. with like metal bars so you just kind of walk oh. around like that and uh, it's fun Exciting, but you would, you would drink driving when you. Yeah, crashed. yeah, I don't remember any of it. I was, right. in a <laughs> I was in a blackout. I drank. I that's how I drank, and I I went to sleep on a friend's floor, and then in the middle of the night, I got up and went for a drive into a building, and uh, nobody else was involved. But I did break both my arms and wound up in jail in a wheelchair. And yeah, then as a result, I quit drinking. But you crashed into the LA Department of Water and Power. Correct. Yes. Do they keep those things together in LA? Because that's dangerous. Isn't I know. Separate. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't get electrocuted. I know, very fortunate. I'd keep those as far apart as possible. It's my advice to LA. There's going to be an earthquake in there as well. Um, it's all kind of come crashing down. It's going to be a disaster. So was that was that kind of an epiphany moment though? Where you? Oh yeah. From? I had wanted to quit for a long yeah. time before, but I nothing that dramatic had happened. I had I would just ruin like relationships or beds, you know. Yeah. And uh, so then I thought, well, if people are gonna die, I, I don't want to drink that bad, you know. <laughs> so I stopped. Yeah, I should stop really. Well, no. only if you, only know, if I drive into you do something. cost benefit analysis. Like, what's yeah. going to happen? Are you going to die? You know, a few years earlier, who gives a shit? You know, yeah. is your marriage going to be miserable? That doesn't matter. <laughs> but if you're going to really, if, if vehicular homicide comes into play, I say then you should stop. Yeah. <laughs> and you asked the police if you'd killed anyone, and that was I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't know, and uh, and then they told me that I hadn't. So I said, well, I can I can pull out of this. It'll take a decade. But uh, I can get better. Yeah. But a lot of comedians, I mean, you seem very together and very uh, like a regular man. I but a say, lot of comedians are kind of quite screwed up. I mean... I don't Justin Lee Collins. I, uh... I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I just said his name. I haven't done it. I haven't made him write down his sexual history in the book. What's wrong with it? <laughs> In a pucker pad. That's the that's, that's the thing that's. I've just become obsessed with the pucker pad because why? Every news report says. I mean, this is a, a, a British. I mean, I was going to say comedian, uh, but um, <laughs> this is a. Is it? It's horrible. So I'm very upset on behalf of. They get very upset. Wait till I'm on to Jimmy Savile. Uh, <laughs> You. How dare you criticise Jimmy Savile and Justin Lee Collins? What have they done? Punching women in the vagina. I mean, come on. Uh, that's Jimmy Savile I'm talking about. Can't libel the dead. So, um... <laughs> Can I say something? Yeah, go on, carry on. I used to punch women in the vagina. <laughs> In the sense that when I, I just realized this, like I'm 35, I really only I think like last August learned how to properly stimulate a woman's vagina with my hand because when I when I was younger I used to be, you'd go in there and you'd be like you don't know what you're doing and they don't like that at all no. and I'd be like women just must not like having their vagina touched and then like my wife like last year for my birthday was like I'm gonna show you properly and so I think I might go on a little tour around the northeast United States where I grew up and just visit women that in the past that I tried to finger and be like, FYI. <laughs> but what interests me about Justin Lee Collins, not only because it might all be lies, who knows, I don't know, but they keep going on about the brand name of the pad, the, this stuff. Why is it just, why do they not say he wrote, he made me write down my central history in a pad? 
That's all you'd why is the brand name of the pad so yeah, the important details are always that it the, gets yeah. in all the news reports? So all the news reports says he made a right sexual history in a pucker pad. Is it because it's pucker that, that makes it more true? I don't know. Is that... Why, do you not find that weird that they name... Or do you think pucker have sponsored the woman who's claiming that Justin Lee uh, Collins... We, we need to get pucker pads more in the public consciousness and give like, people ideas of how to use them because people buy a pad, they think, what am I going to do with that? Pad. What you can do with it is get women to write their sexual histories oh. in it, and then you can use that for reference later on. If you're having sex and going, "Why are you going to do this?" and go, "No, I'm not going to do that," and go, "Excuse me, just get my pucker pad." <laughs> That's what it's for. I will say this: when I yes. first ever used uh, the Excel spreadsheet program in a computer, when I was like, you know, I don't know, 25 or whatever, I was like, I wonder if I could list all the women I've had sex with in Excel. <laughs> and I found out I could, and it only took with three or four cells. Very, uh, I remembered all of it, and there they were, and then I was very sad and deleted it. <laughs> yeah, it's a human. It's a human thing. Um, I, I, I've got some some emergency questions. Yeah, people who are regular uh, listeners to this will know that I have, the, I have questions I ask all the time. Sometimes, think, you know, just I can't think of anything. To, I'm not very good at this, uh, interviewing people. Sometimes I just can't, I get to a point thing I can't think of anything to say. So what I've done this time is I've written some down. This is what I'm going to just go. I don't feel the need to do it because I've written these. I feel I should use them. Okay. I thought the conversation was going pretty well. Uh, but I'm uh, just checking my watch to see if we got... God, only half an hour. Fuck. Uh, but... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask one of my emergency questions. If you could have a hand made of ham or an armpit that dispensed sun cream, <laughs> but you can only have one of those two things, and wet, before you answer, NB, the ham would regenerate over a period of time after being eaten. So if you ate it, it wouldn't be the end of your hand, but also it wouldn't be like a limitless ham hand it wouldn't be like you eat it and it was back immediately you'd eat it and then maybe five days later the ham hand would be back and also the sun cream in your armpit um, only you can only get one bottle a day out of that so you can't start using if you're thinking well I have the sun cream because I could sort of do a commercial sun cream which of those two this is one of my emergency questions <laughs> They're very carefully calibrated because the answer we'll learn a lot psychologically. So a ham hand or a sun cream sure. dispensing armpit? My feeling is I, I would go with sun cream armpit huh? because sun damage is a serious thing. I flew here today on Air New Zealand mm. and those people are just monsters. Their skin, they're like lizard people. And so it highlighted for me the need to have access to sunscreen on a, on a more regular basis. Fine. And I could use that on my family. Like I have a baby. Yeah. And frankly, I let them run around. I don't care. He'll probably get burned terribly. If I had that, then I could help him. Yeah. But I'm not going to go to a store. <laughs> <laughs> but the ham hand, you could feed your child with your this ham This is true, hands. but ham, here's the thing. Sunscreen, yeah. only good. You put it on and you're not, you're going to get less skin cancer. Ham is like, there's other food out there. No, no doctor is going to be like, he should have had more ham. You know? <laughs> So that's where I stand on good, that. That's a good question. That's a good question. We've learned. So you've got a good answer, didn't it? Because I usually ask. That's one of the questions I started using during the Edinburgh Fringe podcast. Was have you ever seen a ghost? Oh, I wish I would love to. Yeah. I want to. I'm one of those people who absolutely would freak out with happiness if I saw one. Uh, you might see that we're here in England because we have more history here. Quite so there's more chance. Yeah, yeah. There's more chance. I'm, how is it? It goes back longer than America. What are you saying, the Native Americans? What do you mean? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you might say, uh, but uh, my new question is, if you were a ghost mm -hmm. and you became one yes. and you realised you were a ghost, you'd yes. be dead, what would be right. the first thing you would do with your ghostly powers? Uh, I would immediately <laughs> go to a women's locker room situation <laughs> yeah. uh, and spend, like, a, a decade there. Yeah. And then I would go try and help people. But you, do you think... <laughs> Do you think when you become a ghost uh -huh. that you're, you have ghostly have genitals? Because when. Don't you think they've gone? When you're a ghost, you become like. 
your head's there, and then it doesn't sort of taper off, and then it's just sort of a little sheet, and there's I no feel legs like and you no would genitals. I still care because here's the deal: like I'm yeah. 35, I jerk off less than I did when I was 18, but I still want to look at it all and you know smell it and tickle it, you know. So <laughs> even if I don't necessarily have to, you know, seal the deal. So even as a ghost, I'd probably still be a little interested, but not a lot. Just like 10 years, and then I could move on and save children from train accidents. <laughs> Would you try and get back to... Would you feel if you were a ghost that you were trapped on Earth for some reason and that you had to, you know, like Sam Beckett in um, Quantum Leap? Mm-hmm. And he's not a ghost, but uh, that you would have to achieve something. You know, a better reference would have been Ghost, the film Ghost. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but let's go with Sam Beckett. Because <laughs> it's just better. Um... Would you feel that you would? Would you try and find out what you needed to achieve? Like, I holy suspect that the little boy might be. I might have to help the little boy. Yeah. see ghosts. I think that I would because only because like vacations I can do for like three days and then I'm like, all right, let's get back to work. So I would just I would get bored quickly. And frankly, one of my greatest terrors is that I'll remain conscious after I die. <laughs> like I've, I really hope that my consciousness is totally obliterated uh, because the idea of being like a sentient being that like still measures time in the yeah. afterlife is like. I'd much, much, much rather be eaten by a shark. <laughs> it is kind of terrifying. That's why I don't really understand people who need the idea of an afterlife. Is that it's much more terrifying the idea of never oh, ceasing yeah. to exist. That's why sleep I love. And although I don't drink or do drugs anymore, one of my favorite things was when I'd be teetering on the edge of a blackout, and I'd think like, "Oh, thank God, I can end this all if I ever need to." <laughs> Sorry, there's no punchline there. <laughs> Um, I, I've made some psycho-spiritual adjustments since then you yeah. know, that allow me to continue. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, the idea of being a, a being like I am yeah. for eternity, no thanks. I think chances are... Yeah, they got to be pretty be slim. Right. Well, like, you remember the 13 billion years before you existed? Sure do. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be a bit like that again. Yeah. Do you remember that? Those first oh, 30 cool. million? That's right, yeah. No, don't, I don't remember them. Do you remember 9-11, though? Uh. No. Uh, you remembered it before. <laughs> Amazing how the memory works, isn't it? It just kind of comes and goes. Uh, I'll ask all my guests this. I did in the first series. I, I wasn't going to continue it to the second, but you're a big man, and I'm interested in the answer. <laughs> Have you ever tried to suck your own cock? Yes. Yes. Uh, successfully, when I was like what? eight or nine, I wow. took... Ty- <laughs> I took Taekwondo, and uh, that's, a, that's a Korean martial art. And uh, I could get, just like the tip, I could like yeah. kiss it. Yeah. I could be like, good job. Good job, guy. Now I can't touch my toes, but when I was nine, I could kiss my penis. <laughs> so do you recommend Taekwondo as a, a way to... If you're eight or nine, that. definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, I, feel, I can't. I guess theoretically, there's adults who could do that to themselves, but you know, you're risking. You just, I don't know. You yeah. could slip a disc. I think the danger of this conversation is that you, we're now giving advice to eight or nine year old boys about how to suck their own right. penis, which you know could be yeah. taken out and in context, it was fine. Right, right, right. But if I'll someone takes say, that out of context, said Richard and Rob Delaney uh, recommended ways that eight year old boys could suck their own cocks. Yeah, don't feel. If you're, I just want to speak to the eight year olds out there. Don't. <laughs> feel that you have to just if you want to give it a shot if not don't don't feel any pressure even from yourself you know if you don't want to put a penis in your mouth you don't have to and you shouldn't really be listening to this yeah now go any of this go play with a dog <laughs> it's good to, it's an interesting um question that as well that's some all my interesting questions the other questions oh no what i wanted to ask you about was suing kim kardashian who isn't a famous person over here but um oh, i'm so glad is that um, true well did, she's sort of getting there do people know she is really? Yeah, no. See, so it's kind of. You know I, what she's... I heard was, "Yeah, I do," and I wish I didn't. That's the noise that you just made. She's like in a reality TV yeah, show. She yeah, got married to someone for like twenty-five right, days. Yeah, I sued her because she got married, and there were billboards all over town announcing the television show she was going to get married. And I, like, I don't watch the show, but you couldn't help it. I'd be driving to work, and I'd see the billboards. Uh, you'd go to buy your groceries, and you'd see the magazines at checkout, and. Uh, and you knew it was clearly a sham, and uh, then you're so you were like, oh, I wonder when they'll get divorced, you know? And then they did like a few days later, and I was like, no, you can't. You have to stay married. So I sued her for for eighteen million dollars, and uh, it's 
soon as I announced it, I wrote an open letter to her in a magazine, and uh, immediately uh, all these lawyers contacted me and were like, we want to help you pro bono. And uh, all these people contacted me and were like, can you turn it into a class action lawsuit? And in the letter that I wrote her, I was like, look, Kim Kardashian, I don't hate you. I want you to be happy. I've been married for some years. I want you to know that joy, but you need to understand that sometimes it's hard, you know, and you got to stick it out. So you can either stay married and keep your money or $18 million which is what you were paid for this two episode wedding you give it to me and I'll give it to my uncle Randy who lives in Rhode Island and he's a drug dealer but he'll use the money better than you would you know and so and I it, like it's so it wasn't malicious it was funny because I would do like radio shows because I was I did radio and television in every English speaking country in the world after that because people were like yeah Stuart and uh some, de- some like shitty sports radio DJs in the United States would be like, yeah, that bitch, you want to give her the smackdown? And I'd be like, no. I want people to understand that marriage is a serious thing. And like, I'd, I'd be like, they'd be like, so if you could tell her to fuck off, like if you like and slap her in the ass, I'd be like, no, I just don't think that she's made a wise decision. That I want to her. Like, so it wasn't motivated by like hate, but you know, I just. Look, marriage is hard. That's good. It helps you grow as a person, you know? So aspects of it are fucking nightmarish, but <laughs> a lot of it is really good, and I would like for her to experience that. <laughs> and have you, have you won the money? Have you got it in the issue? No, I didn't, didn't win. Are you, still con- are you still carrying on with it, or have you just given up? Because I'm going to sue you for <laughs> not Understood. following through on your... <laughs> a newspaper threatened to do that. The, really? New, the New York Observer, a real thing, said that they were going to do that. And, um... And anyway, no, it just takes a while because once it turns, it becomes class action lawsuit. Now it's the people's. So it's not up to me anymore. <laughs> um, and um, Mitt, Rom- Mitt Romney, who I can't. I was, Let's been, hear it from Mitt. What? what? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much uh, we do know about that sub- this subject. He's, he's running for president. I mean, to just put it into context for, for British folks, like you guys have a national health service, right? Like, let's say you, you something you, like later tonight, you know, you're going to find some sores on your penis. You don't want them there. You're going to go to the doctor, and they're going to be like, "Sure, fix it." Whereas in the United States, you'd have to go to mortgage, and uh, <laughs> and so Mitt Romney uh, created a thing where in the state of Massachusetts, which happens to be where I grew up, anybody you had to get insurance. And uh, whereas in many parts of the country, you couldn't even, if you wanted to, pay for health insurance. Like, you'd be like, I would like to give you a lot of money every month for health insurance. They'd be like, no, you can't, because you have ovaries. Like, women, forget about it. So Mitt Romney created a a thing called, like, Romney Care, you know. And uh, now that he's running for president, he's like, I don't know if that was such a good idea. And so he's going to want to repeal what we call Obamacare, which is the requirement that everybody in the United States have health insurance, which is a pretty good idea for people to have. And uh, so that's just one example of why I don't care for him. Uh, Do you tweet him quite a lot? You all actually tweet him. Yeah. Every he, day. Has he tweeted? Has he ever tweeted back? He hasn't. Uh, he has not. The Obama campaign has has reached out to me, but uh, <laughs> not the Romney campaign. I, I, my suspicion, because it's been written about in like Business Week magazine and some fairly large publications, is they're probably aware of it, but they have not reached out to me. Okay. I want to help him. <laughs> Do you think he is going to win and become the president? No, he won't. Uh, and it, <laughs> just because the, the economy is getting a little better, you know, and, and Obama's very... The thing is, is Obama over here would be, like, considered a right-wing nut job. He's like, <laughs> he's like Ronald Reagan, whereas over there, people think he's on the left, and he super isn't. And he's so pro-corporate and all that. I mean, he's a millionaire, super disconnected from the people. But if, like, you and I are here, and then Obama's here, Mitt Romney's like, where are you? <laughs> So I don't drink the Obama Kool-Aid, you know, but he just has some ideas that are better for, uh, for example, a country. (laughs) But increasingly, I mean, that's what politics seems to be coming, is about rich people looking after that. Certainly here in the UK, we've got people looking after the other rich people and themselves, their other mates in the room. Uh, We had this interesting case like last week where one of the guys high up uh, in the, what's this called, Mitchell, uh, was was cycling out of of Downing Street and the the policeman wouldn't let him go through the gate, uh, which he usually does, and they said you have to walk through the side, you can't go through the main gate, we're not going to open it for you, and then he got very cross with them and called them plebs and said you should know your place. Uh, <laughs> which I think that's him using his indoor 
language that yeah. the, the conservatives have. He's yeah. accidentally come outside. That's why Cameron was angry. He's going, you're only meant to say those things when oh. we're inside 10 Downing Street, oh. not the outside. So he, I don't know what I think he's kind of got away with it, though. I think they... This, kind of, this is the amazing thing with the news. It kind of everyone goes, oh, this is awful. And then the next thing comes along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jim, someone brings up Jimmy Savile, and then that's who... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the thing with the Romney, I mean, to make an analogous, it would be like my, my motivation is to like hopefully one day have something because like you have the NHS here, not perfect, but better than nothing, which is what so many millions of Americans have is nothing or less than nothing. The surgery on this wrist I had to pay for with three credit cards. I mean, the amount of debt I had to work for years to pay for all this stuff, you know, and so I just would like to have a climate where people aren't afraid that if their daughter gets leukemia, that their life savings will be evaporated in you know a few minutes yeah. which is what happens in the United States and it's not funny no well there was a girl because there was an, again there was an interesting case with uh, this is not funny either in the case with the guy who shot all the people in the um, cinema what's not funny about that <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get to see the brilliant film mm. uh, <laughs> the end of the main, oh, I've seen the end of it and you know Feel sorry for them, uh, but there was, a, there, was a, there was a guy who was a young comedian who got shot, who shot in the head, and you know, he, yeah. he's with a young wife just about to have her mm. baby, and you know, it's kind of amazing that that's yeah, that's not covered. If that happened to you, if you're an American, you're shot in the head by a maniac in a cinema, the yeah. government won't go, oh, we'll pay for your. Yeah, and I mean, not to get, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, but the thing is, is if people don't have to be terrified that a health situation can bankrupt them, then they'll focus their energies in other areas. Whereas, like, in the United States, you'll stay in a job that you hate for 25 years just to keep health insurance for your kids, because you get it through your jobs in the United States. And if you were like, no, no, actually, I can go invent that amazing thing now that I'm not shackled to my job anymore. (laughs) It's, like, good for the economy to have your people be healthy, I read in a study. (laughs) Um, going to ask you an emergency question. Can't think of anything else. What is your favourite cheese? Oh, you know, Good question. That you read I, wrote, I wrote that out in advance. The, the best cheese, the best thought, cheese I I've ever had uh, is uh, when I lived. I lived when I lived in France. Uh, would have been like unpasteurized camembert. Oh yeah, yeah. Anything where you can get sick and die is the best, especially so cheese. Look. You thought it wasn't a good question, but by putting that oh, in, I've, made, I've made Rob reveal something I didn't know. You used oh, to I live would in do France. A che- I would do a podcast exclusively about cheese. <laughs> no, you used to live in France. I did. Did yeah. I not say that earlier? Yeah, no. Just oh, said okay. it just now, didn't he? Did he say it before? Oh, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> I can't, lis- can't listen to it all. What, where did you... When we were talking about the school kids, was it? I was, yeah, the teacher. Yeah, was, yeah, the teacher's yeah, daughter. I was, you know... I was, just fantasizing about <laughs> running off with my teacher. I'm not sick. It's all right the other way around. <laughs> I could do it now. No one would matter if I ran off with Mrs. DeCamp now. People would say, why is that man running around with that 64-year-old woman? Was... But no one would mind. Wouldn't get in the papers. Um... Oh, well, I didn't learn anything from the cheese question. The cheese. Do you have Nando's in uh, America? Nando's. Mm-mm. Can't ask the Nando's question. It's my... got a new... Nando's question. Have you ever been to Portugal? <laughs> here's a, here's no, a serious, I'm, a serious I'm question. Really, I'm, yeah. I'm going to ask that question. question. Okay. Has anyone ever been to Portugal? Yeah. Is Portugal real? I don't know. I've never been. Has anyone in the, I heard someone saying yes in the audience, but only one person. Okay. And not, have you been to Nando's and eaten some Portuguese chicken? <laughs> which is why I was doing it. That doesn't count. That is not, it's not like an embassy, Nando's. <laughs> it's not like you go into Nando's. Do you like? I was going to ask which, which, what heat sauce you had on your Nando's. What heat sauce? Yeah, I bet pretty hot. Yeah, I like there's extra hot. hot. Is extra hot real hot? Yeah, but then there's now, there's one that's hotter than that. Oh, I mean that's, that's what just... I have. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah, I've uh, I've got I've got an advertising slogan for Nando's. I'm trying to popularise and get um, to get them to use it. It's if it's not extra hot, then you're a twat. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I can use that Nando's have it for free you used I, to work in advertising so you know that that's a good oh yeah thing. no that rolls right off the tongue I live, in, well, <laughs> I live in Los Angeles which is in Southern California which is right by Mexico so our Mexican food there is unbelievable so I'm constantly slathering myself in hot sauce yeah I get but I've got older now and I can't mm-hmm. uh, if I eat uh, hot food too late I can't, Real yeah, it's, it's, bad, it's bad for me. Yeah. I wake up early. Nightmares. You're still a young man, you're lucky. I'll ask you one of my other emer- This is my favourite emergency question I've come up with, just because 
there's no answer to this question that will last for more than one word. Have you ever seen a Bigfoot? <laughs> no. No. I, want, I mean, oh, I, anything, if I ever could see a, a Bigfoot or a zombie or anything, I'd be so happy. <laughs> Not a zombie, that'd be terrifying. It would be, but I, you know how people are like, ugh, enough with the zombies in movies and TV shows now? I'm like, nowhere near enough with the zombies. Anything zombies, I'm in. So if there were, yeah, I, I'm like somewhat way too ready for a zombie apocalypse. I, yeah, I'm a student of the zombie would you like to become way. a zombie, though? Would you like no, to escape a zombie? No, I wouldn't at all. Although no. I was thinking the other day, like, if you were there, like, right when somebody got bit by a zombie and they went into the pre-zombie coma and they were really beautiful and they wouldn't <laughs> let you have sex with them in real life, yeah. could you have sex with them before they fully transformed? <laughs> would you have time? <laughs> I, we may never know. And ethically, you know, is it... Yeah, you know, if, if, no someone is a, if someone's a zombie, have they... Yeah. Because I also do ask, this is my regular question... Uh, if you had to, if you had to have sex with an animal, yes. if you had to, mm-hmm. and maybe a zombie would count. Uh, yep. What what animal would you have sex with if you had to? Uh, whichever one had a body hole that wouldn't, you know, listen. I would be most concerned for the animal itself. Whatever I could fuck without it being hurt or killed. I understand that they might be like, why are you fucking me? <laughs> right? Like we can't. It's the it's going to be upset, but. <laughs> If it, I would like it to not die or even get hurt. So probably yeah. some big, huge thing that could kill me, which yeah. I would deserve. If you fucking, I would fuck an animal that anything that could that could not get hurt and would then be like, all right, buddy, and then kill me after it was done. And hopefully, I'd make it come. It's <laughs> the nicest answer. There's only I've asked like 25 comedians now that question. I think only another one one other person has thought about the actual animals' feelings. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's just monster. I mean, you don't have sex with an animal. Jesus, Jesus. people. <laughs> it's a different culture. You can't come over to our country and start judging right. with your ethics. I and start telling us what we're doing is wrong. I, I'm not going to say I stand corrected. I stand chastened. <laughs> You're the one who wants to have sex with a woman who's not quite a zombie. Well, would, you said she wouldn't have sex with you, and then she's becoming a zombie, and then you have sex with her. It's like using you going using that moment to get in there and go. It's it's, it's opportunity when opportunity <laughs> knocks when life hands you a lemon zombie woman. <laughs> make love to her. And, uh, and on, on a serious note... <laughs> well, no, because you, 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 you seem a very happy man. I, I feel and happy. You, you see, everything seems very together for you. I'm it's very happy. unusual for comedians. But you do talk about, again, in this uh, Guardian uh, article, you talked about uh, being depressed and suicidal a couple yes. of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, no, I do. I take medication for depression. After I, I've been sober for 10 years, and after about a year, after all my surgeries, after uh, all my legal difficulties were passed and everything, and I could finally, like, breathe again, um, I went into a big depression, which I've heard is not uncommon for people after they quit, you know, a career of substance abuse so and it runs in my family a lot too uh, alcoholism and depression of varying levels and so yeah so I got very very badly depressed and I had to uh, you know I, I was going to a psychologist she suggested I go to a psychiatrist and everybody was like you should consider medication and I was like no I'm sure I'll, I'll be fine and then I'd be like you know in a corner of a bus and uh, and then I, I took the medication and it made me feel a whole lot better because uh, I, I, previously when I was depressed my mind was just saying kill yourself kill yourself kill yourself which grows tiring and so uh, and a lot of physical pain accompanied I mean the symptoms physically of real bad depression are, are pretty weird you know your body just hurts all the time and yeah. like the first thing I'd do when I would wake up is just throw up I'd wake up in the morning and go throw up after having not slept much so it was really awful so I started taking medication, and then that just... I was worried, especially, like, creatively. I was like, oh, well, I won't be funny anymore. I won't be fun to be around. I won't be able to, you know, weave tapestries of story that people will wish to wrap themselves in. And uh, the fact is, is that I could when I took the medication because I was still alive, and <laughs> it allowed me access to feelings of, like, you know, occasional happiness, you know, focus. I was could be of use to friends and family. I could still get sad, but I wouldn't... It wouldn't be, like, irredeemable you know yeah. so 
So yes, don't think being a comedian is a pretty depressing job, though. If you're, if you're prone to depression, is being a comedian it the can best be. thing can be? Yeah, it, it, there are elements of it, but I think good comedy there's there's alchemy in it, and you take the dark and the horror and turn it into good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we might talk about crazy bonkers, and we have been for an hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if people can leave here and feel a little better, then what better thing could we ever do? I can't think of anything. No, I suppose. But it's you know I mean there's been time, I've never been depressed on that mm-hmm. level but I found it, you know it's a hard job to it is. You're, like you're saying you're away from your, your family oh, yeah, your young yeah. family mm-hmm. um, and that's a very hard thing to cope with if you I mean and it's nice to know you've got that to go back to I suppose I, I guess I found it harder oh. when I was single <laughs> and now on the road and there was nothing in my life that's quite a depressing thing to yeah to well I try what I try to do is is balance it you know i'll tell you i had the very good fortune to meet uh bill cosby recently he's an american comedian he had a show anyway uh, uh, and i met him and we were talking it was me my wife and him and we talked for like 15 minutes and he made me say he said so like what's the what would you say the top priority in your life is he asked me and i was like well my family and then like i I giggled and then i because i was in his presence and i was like comedy he's like no say it again and don't laugh and I was like, my family. He's like, pause. And then he's like, and then comedy. And I was like, and then comedy. He's like, and he's like, do it again. And, uh, <laughs> and so he made me literally repeat this in front of my wife three times that my family was more important and then comedy. He even was like, comedy's way off in the distance. You can barely see, you know. And he's like, if you keep that in that order, then you can be happy and you can make a lot of comedy for a long time. And I, I was like, <laughs> and, um, but I try not to like, because it would be easy to be like, yeah, I just want to fuck them, I'm going to go do comedy. Or it would be also easy to just stay nuzzled in a little bed with them and while bookers are calling, being like, no, I want to smell my family. You know, so I try to do both. You know what I mean? I'm a lot funnier since I've been married and become a dad because I just have more life, you know? Yeah. But then also I'm able to feed them with comedy, you know, better than when I worked in like a call center being like, do you want to buy a very shitty newspaper? And people be like, no, I don't. I'd be like, of course you don't. Thank you. And like, like you know, they're working in a furniture warehouse, which is a fine thing to do. But after a certain point, you know, I was very, I knew where all the furniture went and had learned the interior of the whole warehouse. You know, so it's like, I try not, they, they, I try to be comfortable with the tension of being a family man and a comedian crazy person. And if I can be comfortable with that tension and know that it always will be tension and not bad tension, but it'll be a dynamic Force. I'm imagining a glowing rope for some reason. I don't know why. If I can be cool with that, then I think it'll be good. To date, it is. Yeah. We'll see. Everything could change tomorrow. You know, Bill Cosby isn't a real doctor. Um, just so I throw that at you. So that might, that might throw it all at And if you had a ham hand, your children could eat. Give a man a piece of ham, yeah. his family will eat for a day. Give a man a ham hand. Um, that's... That's what I say. Does your wife? Because you do. You are quite honest, or you know, you joke quite openly about uh, marriage and the ups and downs yes. of it. Does your wife? Because my wife, and she'll kill me now for even mm-hmm. saying this, doesn't like it when I joke about things like that. Here's what I'll say: My wife is extremely funny, yeah. and she's very smart, and so she won't get mad at me if I like. I have a new joke that I'm doing now where I talk about not her vagina <laughs> as it actually is, but I say like I was worried. I'm talking about childbirth and I say like I was worried that when I looked at her vagina after she had her first baby that it was going to look like a billowing ham blanket held together with staples and yarn and um, I said to her I was like can I that was the only time I've ever gone to her be like can I say that because and she's like well then you say how it's not it's totally fucking tight and awesome right and I was like yes and she was like yeah then say it I want people to know that my vagina is excellent and um, so she would get angrier at me if I told like a lazy joke than she would if it was incredibly filthy if it was like really filthy and disgusting but had like elaborate moving parts and punchlines and then the great but if I was like you know this guy she'd be like fuck you you idiot tighten it up so I I actually trust her comedic uh, taste pretty implicitly yeah she's a terrible person (laughs) 
And uh, look, unfortunately, it's, this is the point where it usually gets interesting in an interview because we get over the hour mark and then it goes on for goes on about ten minutes and it's a bit uncomfortable. The man, the man went off to just to remind himself about nine eleven, uh, and, uh, and then then it gets really funny again. But we, I'm conscious that you have to go and do an actual show. I'm so grateful for you to uh, for coming and doing this because uh, Rob is so back, he's, he's doing another show in forty five minutes uh, at the Soho Theatre uh, and has literally just arrived in the country. So uh, will you please give it up for my fantastic first guest, Rob Delaney, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you. Thank you. to Richard Herring's Left to Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Rob Delaney. It was produced by Ben Walker. The music was by Pest. Thanks to Orange Mark from the British Comedy Guide and Ian Tunes from iTunes. This is a Sky Potato and Fuzz production for the internet. It's free. Tell your friends. How'd you like them, Sky Potatoes? I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. It is free, as I mentioned there. If you want to give something back, that would be lovely. You can come and see one of the forthcoming shows at the Leicester Square Theatre. There's tickets for all of them. Um, got some fantastic guests coming up. Or you can come and see me on tour. I'll be touring uh, in October, November, and then through February through June, right, right around the UK. Go to richardherring.com, and you can see all the details of that. Or go to gofasterstripe.com, where you can buy... DVDs like What Is Love Anyway, uh, Fist of Fun, the popular 1990s series, the second series of that is just about to come out. You can pre-order that. You can buy the book, Talking Cock. Anything like that, that would be lovely. Or if you don't want to do any of those things, why not just tell any of your friends who you think might enjoy this show and tune in next week. I love you. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.